1: VR training platforms like the one developed by Fundamental VR and Orbis International are helping surgeons train over and over before operating on real patients. As you practice each skill, the muscle memory starts to develop. Learn more at meta.com/slash/metaverse impact.
2: Content warning for discussions of violence from police, uh, specifically with Black and Latino people. some place underneath. Hey, at the start of this episode, I mentioned the child whose family promoted as Lil Tay. And there's now well-tread information about the post that happened up on her Instagram account um, while it was first reported that she had died. It looks like thankfully she's alive. um, But the things that I'm saying, in my opinion, remain the same, um, that there are really questionable aspects to even the statement her family has given out and all of that, but this has all happened, including from her own words, the deep trauma, the deep traumatization that occurred when hundreds of thousands of people mourned her death because her family used. Wait, sorry, let me. There are questionable aspects to even the statement her family has given to TMZ, but all of this has happened, uh, including in this aftermath, from her own words, the deep traumatization that occurred. When hundreds of thousands of people mourned her death because her family uh, put her in this place and used her and made money from her child-sized brain and body. So even though we're really glad she's alive, my sentiment remains the same, to please not do this to children. And just the other clarification, the child wants to make it clear that her legal name is not Claire Hope. She goes by Tay and then her last name, which is different.
3: How are you doing, though, Natalie? You said you're a little sleepy.
2: I just I need a break, man. Yeah. I don't need to be complaining or nothing. Doing good.
3: Well, you've been working hard, so I can't wait for you to go to Madonna Inn and just relax in that giant martini hot tub. I'm not. I'm
2: not doing that, but I, it sounds great. Yeah, <laughs> I'll think. I'll imagine I'm doing it. Um, welcome to someplace beneath the Natalie Jean. I'm Amber Nelson. Oh, oh, this this topic isn't it. Isn't it exciting for us to talk about it? <laughs> the The police departments and all of their shenanigans. Right. Is,
3: <laughs> yes. My eyes have been a little yeah. bit open since we've done the last episode. I've been a little more cautious and whatnot. Not that I'm like a fly by Willie kind of girl, but just a little more like, all right, let's play it safe. Yeah. Or like, it, let's look around and make sure everybody's okay. Yeah. Um, doing doing
2: this this episode and the last couple episodes it is it's so overwhelming the uh the information it's not like i was shocked but yeah the the depth of how bad it is is still like very jarring and um i can't even really fully go into it on this i, I mean i could do it in a, a whole season about this. Yes. Um, and I I mean, we're not doing that because this has ended up being a sidebar towards like we have other subjects that we are, had already planned to cover. But I really felt like this might be something that we should discuss. And it does actually lead into our next subject. So I did just want to keep talking about this. Last time we talked a little bit more about a more rural kind of cop corruption and like how if that's multiplied by Dozens and dozens, dozens of police working together. Um, how dangerous and scary that is, and and that is a gang by definition. Um. So I, I also really I wanted to exp- I, I kind of explained this poorly last week, but I just want to do a quick refresh. Police departments typically refer to cops within a city limit. That means LAPD, Los Angeles, the police department, is the city of Los Angeles's cops. Sheriff departments refer to policing counties that may or may not contain cities in them. So Los Angeles Sheriff's Department are the cops representing Los Angeles, the county. Both oh, so departments- they're like bigger?
3: Oh, sorry. they're yes. They're like there's bigger more. sheriffs? Yes, oh. and there's more. Interesting. So they're like the big boys that can come in and be like, we're taking over. They, they get a little fuzzy about who
2: has jurisdiction over what, but... Basically, both departments do stuff within Los, Angeles, within Los Angeles, the city, but only the Los Angeles Sheriff's Department handles the county around it. That makes okay. kind of sense. Yeah.
3: <laughs> Are you following? I am. I'm trying. This- I feel like I'm like in science class after like oh, been yeah. living in my religion my whole life. <laughs> <Sorry>. <laughs> yeah.
2: You don't need to like fully process this to to understand the stories but that is just for anybody curious um the differences between them is a whole nother can of worms and but this is the general layout of how police work throughout the country there are county police and there are city police and the county police usually also have jurisdiction within the city but the police in the city only have jurisdiction over the city Cool. Over the city. And then we have like highway patrol and all these other bullshits. Um, But those are the two I was mostly mostly going to be focusing on the sheriff's department on this episode, which is the county police. Um, LAPD, for example, has roughly 10,000 officers. The last update of the number of LA. SD, the last update on the number of sheriff's department officers, was in 2015, which is a long time ago. But at yeah. that time, it was over 20,000. So that's a lot of cops. That's a scary idea, 30,000 police officers. Um, and that obviously has a lot to do with the population level here. But just for comparison, I looked up my home city of Pittsburgh, and they have 900 police officers For the county that Pittsburgh's in, they have 169 officers. So vastly different. Yeah. Um, Obviously, due to population size, um, there's nearly 10 million people in L.A. County to the 1 million in Pittsburgh's county. But it's a question of, yeah, I get it's because there's a huge population of people in Los Angeles County, but... How difficult it it must be to regulate 30,000 police who are interacting with civilians on a daily basis, who have military grade weapons and sometimes very little training, um, sometimes completely inadequate
3: training and often very little life experience. Oh, right. So you don't know if somebody's like having a freak out if they're just like the guy down the street. You know him. You know, like Mm. he's just going through a divorce. This isn't a normal thing. Or if it's like someone that does this all the time. Yeah. Like de-escalation.
2: Absolutely. I mean, de-escalation is a whole thing we should talk about, too, because it's so few cops are really ever invested in doing that or trained in it at all. Um, But uh, just the idea of the quality control of people with 30,000 police officers. That number itself is just so scary to me for some. That's I mean, a town. It's pretty That's obvious why it's scary, but yeah. It's a, like a stadium of police. <laughs> um, oh my God. I don't love it. Um, so, and when I said like very little life experience, it's because technically you can become, a, in, in Los Angeles, you can become a police officer at 18 what? That's. Um, I feel like it should be 25, at least. Yeah, and it, it does vary between states and counties and stuff, but I don't know if it should. Um, <laughs> I don't know if anybody should be
3: an 18-year-old cop. That's sounds really like a bad idea. God, can you imagine um, getting arrested by an 18-year-old? I would be so mad. Like, go to your room. Yeah. Go to your I, room. You're grounded. I, and I imagine at the at
2: 18 there's there's they're only doing specific jobs but at, at ultimately still this kind of job requires so much nuance and in, in res, like retrospective and and you know inductive reasoning and stuff and like I just I, I don't think a child can do that no. um so and actually I'm not the only obviously the only person who thinks that and I came across some changes that are set to be made in the coming years which we can talk about which are good, kind of. So because another thing that can be a little bit hairy and maybe I don't really support is that most places in the country, you can be a cop if you have your GED. And it's not because I think people who don't have high school degrees are stupid inherently, but I do think that having a little bit more of an educational background helps develop certain life skills that would be important to have if you are wielding weapons and things like that.
3: Right. I could see the argument of V saying like, oh, if you need a college degree to become a police officer, that's classist because it's so expensive to go to college. And I would want you to get cheaper if not free courses for college if you were to choose to join the force. So like yeah, you choose I mean, to join the force and like you can go to college now for like at a deducted rate. Right. And and I agree. I I wish that I don't like the system at all. I would actually rather no. it be
2: dismantled especially after reading everything I have, but that is a small thing that that is actually being addressed uh currently within uh, the government is maybe changing um, who can be qualified to become a police officer. and And because of all of these issues about even becoming a cop in you know, quality control and all that stuff, it's it's why when police or deputies or sheriffs use that, one bad apple response to try to brush off or underrepresent the problem. I immediately don't trust that person or what they're saying, and I, I find it hard to take them seriously. Uh, if if you are somebody who is in that position and you try to act like it's oh every once in a while it happens and then blow it off, I already don't think you're telling me the truth or you're an idiot, and neither of those things are good. <laughs> so yeah, once in a while just- is also still pretty bad. Yeah. It is, and it is not just once in a while. It isn't. Yeah. And that just happened while I was watching an interview with the former head sheriff of Los Angeles, whose name is Alex Villanueva. He was doing an interview um, that I, I saw, and he, he had just lost re-election last year. I and mean, he did this interview. And he was, it seemed to like he was really bitter, and he completely dismissed the idea of Los Angeles sheriff gangs, Even though there is literal decades worth of evidence, not just rumors or finger pointing, but concrete evidence that they exist for decades. And he's saying that they're not real. And immediately I'm just like, you're a liar or you are completely such a bonehead that you don't understand that they're there. Wow, I way, he shouldn't
3: be in that position.
2: No, and I'm leaning way more towards you're a big fucking fat liar. Um, Because it makes, and and I think maybe in his head, it makes cops look bad. Because it does. Yeah. (laughs) Um, Yeah. And, and, And he actually said, like he inferred in this interview that it was all... Basically, just people talking shit to make cops look bad, and because there's people who just want to get away with crimes, and so they make up cop gangs instead of like taking accountability, which is so disingenuous. I, I, I just, it, oh, it makes me mad because you could say, you could argue that's happened every once in a while that somebody's made up a cop doing something to them to get away with a crime, but there is so much evidence that cops have done this for decades. So much. And I agree that not everybody's going to try to take accounta- accountability for their own actions, but that also includes police officers. Um, to, to suggest there's no corruption is so is such a load of shit. And it's quite ego-driven, in my opinion. And Villanueva has had his share of controversies in his time regardless. Uh, and listen, I, I, I really... I'm not trying to downplay the difficulty and complexity of running a department of that caliber and size.
3: If I had to run the police department, I don't know, I don't know what I would do. I would probably I'd love to out. see some
2: stuff you'd implement.
3: Definitely we all get sandwiches. Um, yeah, we get some breakfast. We're all going to come out there fed. Um, up the uniforms. Everybody- Z- yes, we need we need updates. I'm thinking some hot shorts, some crop tops. We like the crop tops <laughs> on the boys. Um, we're gonna have a softball league and we're gonna have therapy
2: oh that see that'd be nice
3: that's probably good
2: um no well that's not what he did none of those things No. no
3: donuts on Tuesdays okay nope uh
2: but like so many you know it is difficult I know that I know that I can't fathom what that job entails but Sometimes in those positions in life, it seems like sometimes the people who get pushed to that spot, who get pushed up there to that role is because of their fecklessness. And I don't have a full grasp of his work, be it positive or negative. But I do know that an oversight committee asked for his removal in 2020. Um, I do know that he completely blew off the idea of cop gangs. Um, Not even willing to acknowledge that the crimes that have been gone through have gone through court Have existed, just really downplaying in that really sucks. For what it's worth, Villanueva says that his call to be removed is all political and blah, blah, blah. And frankly, it's again so complex, we need a full episode to break his entire career down and I don't really want to. Um, but what I do know <laughs> is that <laughs> what I do know is Villanueva has denied any existence of deputy gangs and that makes me not trust him. Now, like we mentioned last week, the new sheriff's name is Robert Luna and he won his election in 2022 and ran on the idea that he would help break apart the the sheriff gangs. Ooh. Is he
3: okay? I feel like they could get a
2: hit out on him. I don't know. I I really have to say it seems like unlikely that some guy with a hero complex is really going to go in and disentangle 50 years of gangs. And I also do think that that could have just been a political move and he's not really going to do anything about it.
3: So he's really not going to drain the swamp, Natalie? He's not going to drain (laughs) it? But he said he was going to drain it.
2: Uh, Where (laughs) does that swamp water go? That's my question. You're going to drain it into what? Turn into my mouth, and dear mouth. you just gonna drink it. <laughs> yeah, <Yummy>. um, <laughs> me. Robert Luna has implemented a few things. I will say, uh, I don't know if they're actually going to be beneficial in any way, but he has like had oversight committees come in, that kind of thing, and we'll see if anything comes of it. Um, but beyond that, like. Man, it's just and also Villanueva was very he's very political. He was like on the bandwagon of being like, "Our freedoms, we're not going to stop COVID's. We I choose, we choose if we wear masks or not." Yeah, that's uh, no cops got to wear a little stupid little fruity mask if he doesn't want to. <laughs> um and guess what? Bare minimum 37 cops died directly from COVID in California as uh Whoa. as in we're we're considered on the line of duty deaths, got COVID, became very ill, and died, and are being
3: considered COVID deaths while on the line of duty. Well, so they're like contacting with a lot of other people, like, because they're, oh, yeah. they're like walking the streets and then they have it, and they're probably really, really sick, and they probably don't have sick days, is what I'm gathering. And I mean, they just go spread
2: it. I imagine that some of the more senior cops have tons of sick days, but I think that the idea of them making a political statement by refusing to wear masks killed a bunch of cops. Um, And that is the bare minimum. So many more definitely died from complications or like became very ill and then died later. These are the cops in California that died directly from getting COVID while on duty. And they definitely spread it around to people too, because they refused to fucking wear masks. So I'm just throwing that in there. Um, the number who died over time due to correlations of their infection is much much higher but diff- you know that's difficult to document um yeah yeah this is crazy wait amber click on that link if you can it's just this uh running tally of cops who've died in the line of duty from covid and it is just like brrr, it goes on for so long
3: it's so oh my crazy God. That's scary. I would not want to get up and put on that uniform like at 5 a.m. or whatever they do and know you could. Today's the day. But I mean, it's all of the places where they told them that they
2: shouldn't that it's it's fruity to wear masks. Like Texas. I think right. Texas has one hundred and ten cops who died directly from COVID on the job.
3: Whoa. <laughs> I'm sorry. And, you know, there's more. There's way more. Bigger in Texas. Natalie There's way more. Um, But I digress.
2: That's just a little fun (laughs) sidebar. Um, Yeah. But at the moment, you can essentially be a high school dropout and start policing society
3: at the age of 18 here in California. Um, I feel like this is a job that you should aspire to be because it's such a responsibility. I mean, you should say, like, I have to go through so many exams. I have to be an exemplary model of a like of a civilian and like be the best of the best. And then you can be here. Not just like some guy with a slipknot tattoo. You know what I mean? Hey, you know, maybe that guy with a slipknot
2: tattoo really cares. But a lot of them don't 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 really. They're not sending their best and their brightest to quote. Another piece of shit. Um, there, yeah, it's it's not... It's very apparent that there is a huge percentage of police who come in because they want to dominate and they want to hurt people. I don't know how else to... Or I, I mean, please feel free to debate me on that, but there's a lot of evidence to suggest that based on like the crimes cops have committed over the years. Um, I think that, again... I don't think you're dumb inherently for not having a high school diploma. I've personally found high school to be a hot waste of garbage time, you know? Yeah. But, and yet the arena with, with no higher education, it's it's scarier. You, you have to have a little bit of like life behind you, in my opinion. So as mentioned, there's a fair amount of evidence to suggest that there have been official or unofficial, I guess, depending on your definition, uh, There's been gangs within the LS, the LASD since the early 1970s. The first one that was documented during an internal review that I know of was of one called the Little Devils, which was noted in 1973 in regards to accusations of misconduct and known to be present. Uh, it was known first off they found out this gang basically existed because the Police presence at this huge anti-Vietnam War protest was put on in 1973 by Latino Angelenos where cops came in and sort of strong armed people and several people ended up dying and many people were beaten and stuff like that.
3: Whoa. And then, of course, we find out that Vietnam was like wrong all along. And also the little devils sound like some like children like on a schoolyard selling bubble gum. Like this does not sound like a cop gang.
2: Yeah, I mean it almost makes it more sinister though if it's a like, cute Right, um, yeah. But that just makes me think of uh nothing but Trouble. Little Devil. That's one of the oh my um, God. blob guys that lives in the dump.
3: We were just talking about that movie and how like surreal it is, like a fever dream. Mm-hmm. It's free on um, YouTube. Check it out. Oh, that's nice. But also
2: it might have if you've never seen it, it might be upsetting too. I don't know. Yeah, it's pretty upsetting.
3: <laughs>
1: Welding instructor Alex DeClaire knows VR training platforms like ForgeFX help students master their skills. There's a big learning curve with welding. Virtual reality simulates that exact muscle memory that they need. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact.
4: Do you ever meet someone who seems kind of off? Whether it's a creepy neighbor or a random phone number that keeps calling you, Truthfinder has you covered. You can search for people by name, address, phone number, email, and more. Truthfinder can be especially helpful for running confidential background checks on anyone you're planning to meet from online dating apps. Go to truthfinder.com slash podcasts for a special offer. That's truthfinder.com slash podcasts to access your special offer today.
0: Hi, Max. I wanted to share something with you. I wanted to tell you how grateful I am on how you've embraced your sobriety since day one. I'm grateful for how you changed your life. I'm grateful for the love you have for me.
2: So this is whenever they were doing this like internal review after this huge because there was this huge outrage after this big protest that happened in 1973. Um, the, the outside people were mad. There were people actually within the police force who were upset. And so they did this sort of an in, internal um, review. And here I've attached this little document that they found from the 70s that like directly acknowledges the little devils and, and talks about like how people are concerned about it. I don't want to spend this whole episode just reading a report. And so I'm only going to bring up things that address stuff in the realm of our show. But I do think it's good to get to the, you know, record scratch. I bet you're wondering how we ended up here with just like, you know, a bunch of cops beating the shit out of civilians. Um, So this was something that was, I'm sure, a problem before the 70s, but very directly the police gangs kind of started cropping up with their names and their little logos and stuff in, in the 70s. And so, Amber, I have that that uh, actual photocopy of that note that we're looking at. I'll probably post it on socials. Um, and I wanted to just ha- give a, like, a quick media literacy note. We do really attempt to make everything as accurate to the, the reality that happened on Spun, and that that can be really, really tricky in the age of the Internet. So even if something is in a piece of journalism that you trust, sometimes you do have to go further into where they source their info, which is one of the things that's really difficult to do. And most people, we we don't want to do that a lot of the time because it's work. Um, so I just wanted to point out, like, with this first batch of info about this gang, the Little Devils, because for one thing, Police sh- sheriffs keep denying that the gangs existed, so that like cynical part of me wants to go. Well, maybe this is a fake memo document. Where did this little piece of paper saying that they found the the little devils gang in 1973? Where did this come from?
3: Yeah, no, it looks like it's also done on a typewriter, and like Gen Z, they don't know what typewriters are. <laughs> so you think they won't they won't look at it? No, they don't know how to do this. Do you want to read so, well, uh, from? <laughs>
2: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, sure. They don't know how to like forge a document from the 70s um, no, from a typewriter. No way. But I do want to point it out because it is important to find out where some of the information is sourced from, because I, even if it's something that makes cops look bad and I'm mad at cops, it doesn't help if we make shit up. So though I entrust the reporting and material sourcing that a lot of the stuff I'm covering today and yesterday or yesterday, a lot of stuff I'm covering today and last week is from the journalism of Cerise Castle. Um, She is the one where I found this piece of internal note from the 70s. She had it sourced in her document. And even though I trust her. I'm curious about what, like, I wanted to check where that came from. Like, where did she get that piece of paper? And, you know, so the quick process of that is, like, I first Google the names that are just listed on the paper and not very much comes up because it's not, they're not current people, really. That's not weird that they're not on the Internet. Um, Yeah. And I don't think that Cerise Castle made this up or just fabricated this piece of paper, of course. But... It's also sometimes important just to get like a baseline of how accurate somebody's reporting is to like source something that they've put in. So maybe she, I need to look where she got this memo from.
3: You're so good at reporting, Natalie. Me, I'm such like a vibe kind of girl. I'd just be like, I feel like there are. So
2: it's <laughs> well, true. I'm, bring, I'm bringing this all up, and hopefully it's not a Borosnoro. But I, I do think it's really important that when your people are denying the existence of things like cop gangs, that we look at a couple pieces of the source and go, "This is not pretend. We are finding it. it. It was here. It's been said for fifty years. This is happening." And so, you know, I wanted to see where that memo came from. And so, when I couldn't find the names on it, I took one of the longer phrases from the document. And just basically copy pasted it or typed it out in Google. And then one of the first things that pops up in Google is the document I mentioned on the previous episode, 50 years of deputy gangs in the LASD compiled by the Center for Juvenile Law and Policy. So here you find that the piece of paper that Cerise Castle has sourced came directly from a law school internal documents file.
3: Were these the same lawyers that were working down on cracking down on LAPD gangs or is that law group recent?
2: No, that uh, no, this is the recent one. But they have access to because it's a law school, they have access to the police files from the last, you know, 50 years. So I get it because they were able to pull from their files and found this. That is a very reliable source the yes. law school is almost certainly not making that up. Right. Um, so they literally have archives of police documents at their disposal. And that's where they found this memo. So that maybe is sounding a little bit too in the weeds to everyone. But I, I think it's really important to understand where information is coming from.
3: And it's good to have like you need to have some sort of backbone of information like law. This is mm-hmm. a law university Something has to be real. I know we all like to question everything, and that's very good. But if nothing's real that you ever see, then like, what are we doing here? You know, yeah, right. And and my point with that
2: is also, it's so easy to get into a, an Illuminati type mindset because we're mad yeah. at cops and we want to hate cops. But it's vital that we look at what's real and what's fantasy or conjecture. And so, my, my point in all of this is saying these are evidenced documents that this has been occurring 50 years ago in the 70s they found the the law students who put this report together found police memos that said these gangs existed
3: wow and it stopped in the 70s right Natalie oh yeah then they fixed it and they They went they went we're sorry
2: everybody and then they skipped (laughs) through town and they gave out candy to everyone that's right Um, so I really want it to be accurate information about things like I am mad about real things that happened. Um, and so that is a good basis for going, okay, we don't have to sort. We don't have to check every single source 50 times over. If this person is already accurately portraying things, it's probably mostly real or correct or accurate. Right. So we just gotta, we just gotta look past the headline sometimes guys. We got to do yes. it. We, I know it sucks, and I know it's boring. Um, I want things to get better. I don't want to just punish. If we just go purely, like you said, off of vibes and emotion, stuff gets mixed up in there. Um, even though I will, I love a good old fashioned spite. Don't get me wrong. <laughs> Anywho, there is a pattern in this community of cops who who had the little devils in their department in east la so this these guys love joking about beating up minorities and non-white people
3: oh my god yeah sorry i don't know why i'm like clutching my pearls like amber wake up this is the episode okay yeah
2: you don't ever want it to like be that you know you wish that it wasn't that i get why i know oh my god
3: i'm a dreamer like i don't like this to happen but okay let's keep going I like this little picture with the dog and the big old sheriff thing. The dog looks happy.
2: Um, okay, well, I don't know what this, this guy is. Not is. A, this isn't a good picture, unfortunately. Uh, <laughs> so there's a, a bunch of these little gangs started cropping up in this time period, and a lot of them were making fun of hurting minorities. Not all of them were based on just minority beating, <laughs> but a lot of them were. And, you know, even making jokes in their logo, one that referenced a cowboy movie from the 40s that was about white cowboys who had to fight off, quote, savages around their their post in the Ew. Wild West. So it was, they made their logo to look like that because it was suggesting where they are in East LA. They're mostly white cops who are fighting the mostly black community around them but like in the sense of calling them savages while they were like the fun fancy cowboys in that scenario Ew, in their minds.
3: why do these guys like cowboys so much is it because cowboys are sort of quote like outside of the law like that's sort of the thought yeah, of I cowboys th- like I get to go and like claim this town and steal a horse and live my life on the open range yeah I mean
2: I think it's the idea that that is some form of western masculinity like the epitome of it and and they see themselves as mysterious and 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 dangerous and sexy, but they're never like that. You know what I mean? Like the people who think that they're cowboys never are cowboys,
3: no, um, they're always gross. And also, like you guys are the cops. You're not the cowboys. You got yeah. you gotta install the law here, yeah.
2: Um, so that actual logo that was making the joke about the savages was still up in the uh, sheriff's uh, office in that part of East l a until 2016 when sheriff Jim McDonnell removed it due to its connotations. So he was acknowledging that it was a racist uh, like logo they had made for themselves uh, and had the, the station take it down. However, when the new sheriff Alex Villanueva, we just talked about got into office in 2018, he put it right back up there in Amber that picture you're looking at, that's him. That's Alex Villanueva with the little puppy. Poor dog. It's not the dog's fault. And if you see under the huge clown, absurdly large sheriff's badge on the wall, um, that little boot and helmet thing is a reference to, um, <gasps> like basically racist insignia stuff. Like holy that shit, that he he's s-
3: proudly displaying. <laughs> Oh my god! I didn't even see that. I was just looking at the dog the whole time. That's why you put the or dog or the, the clownishly picture.
2: large sheriff's badge. Yeah, hall. that's so big. <laughs> just in case you were wondering what he did.
3: Oh, um, my, and it looks like a nineteen seventies like police helmet with like a boot with like it looks like yeah. I don't know if that's shine or a steel on it or something, but it look it like looks like it's ready to kick.
2: Yeah, huh. it's an open re- it's an open racist reference that he's very well aware of, but he's again the kind of guy who seems to just be like, nah, it's not it's about heritage. It's like people who fly the what they consider to be the uh Confederate flag, even though that's not really even the Confederate flag, and they're like, It's
3: about my family line You're like, No, it's not. Yeah. No, it's not, you're a fucking asshole. Yeah, they're shut just up. skirting around the tree. Yeah, shut up, you fucking idiot. <laughs> you fucking liar. <laughs> don't you lie to me. I hate liars. Yeah, don't deadly. you lie to me I would rather somebody tell me the truth and like, be shitty about it, and now we know what to oh, yeah. deal with. But when someone's just like, I don't know, you figure yep. it out. Now, I, I want to like yell at, like slam their head against the wall or something, but that would be illegal. I'm not going to do that. But they want to elicit that rage <laughs> from you. I don't know. Yes. You guess what it means. Like that OK yes, symbol? Yes, or tell me what it means. Oh yeah, for sure.
2: And it that is that mentality that this kind of guy has that's sort of juvenile where he knows it's making people upset, which is why he put it back and went like, "What? It's nothing. <laughs> it's just our heritage." Uh, what? <laughs> yeah, what? I don't know. What you think? Yeah. Right. So it seems like As much as we'd like to think whenever they started, you know, doing internal reviews in the 70s, that it was all fixed. It seems like instead of tempering the gang activity, when the Little Devils received media attention, it gave other cops more ideas about naming themselves like it's a high school. Uh, For example, the BMX gang that my girlfriends feuded with often at my high school was called Radiation.
3: This reminds me of that. Yeah. (laughs) Oh, they sound cool, though. Like, they sound like they spritz their hair and wore, like, slutty clothes on the, like, on the BMX bikes.
2: We had a feud with them that was sort of a, when you're 14, you kind of think each other are cute, but, like, you can't say it. Because then it's like, so then we're just like, fuck you guys. And they're like, you you fucking gross. Ew. And then, like, everybody had crushes on each other. Of course. It's fine. It's fine. Um, But in that case, none of us were holding machine guns or anything so right that's different um but yes it reminds me of little boys when they hear these Got the cops are what if we came up with a name for us <laughs> oh i like little devils just come up with a different name like right. i know in comedy we have group names i know except for example murder fist yeah but At least in comedy, it's acknowledged that we're all idiots who should definitely not be enforcing laws. You know, people who give themselves little fun nicknames like that shouldn't be responsible for keeping society together.
3: That's why comedy people are allowed to do it. You know what I mean? Right. And it's one thing to give yourself a nickname, but it's another thing to, like, be in a gang. Yes. Yeah. Yeah.
2: And I've put in a, a little bullet point here of um, a large number of the different names of uh, different groups. And a lot of them you see, Amber, are... Some of them seem innocuous. Then we have, like, the Grim Reapers. We have the Compton ex- Executioners, which is what? really fun. Uh, we have the uh, Regulators, which is another cowboy reference. We
3: have the... Uh, Wayside Whiteys, who we'll talk about. Oh, the Spartans! I bet they are so ugly. Yeah, I don't. Think I bet a lot they're of, like, the grossest of in all. Here. No. <laughs> uh,
2: another one we'll be talking about today is the Limwood Vikings, who are really piece of work. Um, but yeah, so you see, a lot of them are insinuating violence in their names when they think it's really funny and cute even though they are actively murdering people uh, regularly. So some of them, like the Wayside Whiteys, who I just mentioned, take place specifically within the jail centers. So Wayside Whiteys were a police gang that was only in the jail.
3: So it was like prison guards. Oh. (laughs) Which is its own sort of terrorism. Yeah. Then don't prisoners also form their own groups? Is it just like groups of these dudes just like killing each other? Well, yeah. And, and
2: gang activity is, I mean, I think that's pretty known in jail and on the streets. Uh, it's a often coming from a sense of like helplessness. It's not the same when it's the people who are supposed to be like protecting everyone are forming gangs. Like, it's, right. It's not helpful to anyone Um so yeah, like creating a prison gang within the wardens, within the um guards is its own form of terrorism because they are already overseeing people who have lost they've been stripped completely of most of their humanity and they don't have anything to defend themselves. And so people who have all the power in there and weapons forming a gang against them is fucking demented. But right. the whiteies were known to, Yeah, the Whiteys were known to exist in the eighties and nineties. At a specific place called the Peter J. Pitches Detention Center. Peter J. Pitches was one of the sheriff's deputies in the 50s who has a lot of credit for um, turning it into a military state here now. So that's cool. So a jail that uh, actually this jail where this happened, it's not too far from wh- where we are right now, Amber. It's a little bit north of Los Angeles. Mm. Um, There are, again, internal documents that show that there was an active group of men who called themselves this, the Wayside Whiteys, and delighted and specialized in beating black men in their care. Oh, no. That is to say prisoners. Yeah. One young man named... Clydell Crawford made public news when he claimed that the Whiteys isolated him and beat him so brutally with their flashlights over and over that they eventually broke the skin on his leg. And when they continued to beat and smash that same spot, they kept going until Clydell, Clyde, quote, felt the bone snap.
3: Oh my God. No need for this. Like, just, oh my God. Even if, uh, I'm sorry. That's disgusting. Yeah.
2: After he was battered what? and his leg was broken, they told him to get himself to the hospital wing himself and deal with it. Clydell was then forced to hop across the prison to get someone to look at his leg, and once there, towards the infirmary, they he was left. The, the guards told him the were basically made him stay in a, on a, a gurney underneath a row of payphones as he was like bleeding with a like a protruding bone. This was all because Clydell, who is black, had gotten into a fight that he claims he didn't start and he ended up, quote, getting the better of the white prisoner who had started the fight with him. So basically he handed this prisoner's ass to him and the whiteys wanted to teach him a lesson about beating up white men, which is, I guess, the lesson is we're not strong enough, so we're going to go gang up on you while you have no way
3: to fight back is the lesson.
2: I feel like both uh, if,
3: of those guys should just be put away in a cell until they cool off for a bit. I mean, I don't know, but I'm I'm also not a prison guard. I just uh, I, beat them with a flashlight, like like just like all right, cool off. We go in another cell, cool down. If if two prisoners are in a fight and then the guards take one of the people
2: who's in the fight to a secluded location and beat him, that's definitely not what they're supposed to do or the way it's supposed to be handled right sounds um, pretty biased also i i forgot to mention they had to handcuffed him so this was like five or six men on one handcuffed guy and the other guy the white guy who was in the fight didn't receive the punishment it was just the black guy wow uh, which punishment is not the correct word they snapped his bone and made him walk on it oh oh i'm gonna um, throw up You know, super alpha stuff, uh, handcuffing one guy and then beating him with like five different flashlights. So this is but one of dozens of stories, accusations and criminal charges against the police system in Los Angeles based on their protecting and covering up gang activity just with the whiteys alone. But that's that's just one instance of them. But this is one specifically that we know about because and the only reason we know about it is because. Clydell's family went to bat for him and hired an attorney. A lot of families don't have that kind of time and money. When this all happened in 1989, Clydell was only 21 years old, which was just, he's just a kid. Yeah, he's tiny. Um, uh, Yeah. And, And so the only reason that this was exposed was because his family wouldn't be quiet about it. In... In this report that Cerise Castle did, her superior examination, she discusses the work of a PI, private investigator named David Lynn, who did investigative stuff in the 80s, trying to gain information about cop gangs himself. He uh, was also a, a former Marine in the Army. He noted that. In the 80s, and this is when this happened with Clydel, but this is also when a lot of the other gangs were picking up speed and being really – the 80s was when a lot of these cop gangs were being built up that are really, really violent. And he noted that, that it was an of an age of men that had been drafted to Vietnam and beyond the basic trauma of that war – Our country told those soldiers, actually encouraged those soldiers, to think of the Vietnamese as barely human. This is a quote from uh, the uh, reporting of Cerise Castle.
3: In Vietnam, we served in a place where we didn't belong. We really didn't care what happened to the people who lived there. When it was over, we were going home. We were taught that the lives of the Vietnamese didn't carry the same weight as ours and that of our fellow soldiers'.
2: So as he was following the activities of the cops who ran these neighborhoods, and specifically one we're going to talk about called Linwood, which himself, that self might not sound familiar to you, but you've probably heard of its neighbor Compton. Yes. Um, He saw repeated patterns that sounded very similar to that, that... In Compton, in the 80s and 90s, it was predominantly low-income Black families, and David Lin draws comparisons to that same mentality as being sent to Vietnam, as there were many Vietnam vets in that in the force. That these people who looked and acted differently than them in Linwood were animals who needed to be controlled.
3: I feel like that's a red flag right there. Like if you go serve in Vietnam, which was already a very very emotionally I don't know how to say this just an awful war and I'm sure the countless was pointless PTSD, it was pointless it was awful like PTSD when you come back from that and then now it's in, you know no mental health care and it's immediately like here's your gun and your badge here you go
2: yeah um yeah and 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 also, I just wanted to point out, David Lynn is not saying that in a way of an ex- he's not He's not making excuses for those cops. He's not defending them. It's right. more so a reflection on how historically we've accepted police behavior, sometimes because of our own mentality about war, that no matter how much propaganda is pushed out, that it really, at the end of the day, is just straight up just dis, like dis, disdain and disgust for people who are different that they are brutalizing the poor and black because the propaganda is oh because we have to to keep the city, the streets safe but like right no that's not that's not what's happening most of the time
3: right when um, i learned what bail bonds were of like oh you can get arrested but just like pay a little bit and you could get out i was like oh this is just like a war on poor people yeah. And
2: don't even talk about like getting loans for bonds, like the the amount of uh, predatory the interest
3: rate on those loans. Yeah.
2: Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. So I know that stopping war also like I'm saying a lot of stuff about like, oh, war is bad, man. It is. I know it's not as It is. But I know it's not as simple as like talking it out or whatever. But I really don't know what we're supposed to do in a modern society with these groups of young people who are predominantly men. Who are trained in the military to kill, then send them back out into society? I, I personally, in my lifetime and millennials, I've watched first it firsthand destroy entire lives being ex-military, ex-marine, entire yeah. families. Like make ex like a lot of times the ex-military people I've known are barely able to function in society. Like are a shell of a person, and I know. That there is this argument, oh, you can, like, go from the military to the police force, but I think that might be really bad. Yeah. If you're trained to kill and not de-escalate, who is this actually helping? Who is it helping? That's my question. I've never gone through basic training, but I don't believe you're being taught to help everybody cool out. (laughs)
3: Is <laughs> that what they do at basic training?
2: Where they're like, everybody relax, man. It's gonna be all right.
3: No, they right? shoot you with like mace. My brother was in basic training. He said that there's like a, I think one on the one of the last days, you're put in a trailer and they're just like pumped with mace, and then you come out and you're like you're like snotting and all your bodily fluids, you're like shitting your pants, and then everybody's just like the military generals, they're all like laughing at you. That's like a, um, what do you call it? Like a rite of passage or something. So that's why mace doesn't really work a lot. I would oh. I would deter from getting mace from people. What a funny joke! Yeah, what a funny joke. Not dehumanizing or anything. No, mace doesn't really work. Like if you're if you've been through any sort of training, police training or sorry military training, it's not going to work. And also if you're just like scazzed out on drugs, like you're just going to be like you're not going to care. You know, right? Yeah.
2: If you're if so your if you, you like brain. walk around
3: with mace at night, it's not it's, it does nothing. I mean, it's, it can sometimes
2: give you a second to run. Yeah. I'm not anti-mace by any means, but... Oh, yeah, not um, anti-mace, but it's not like a fail-proof system. No, no. Um, but, yeah, it's... Sending, like, a military into the police force, I think, is a bad idea. Right. Um, I mean, I don't... My main... Reference points for basic training are Full Metal Jacket and Force Gump. So I don't know if I'm the best person to, to talk about this, but you know, In <laughs>
3: Vietnam. That's right. They um, have bullets coming underneath. It shot me. My butt talks. Right, right. That's how it is.
2: Um. Yeah. So just that and living in a world of shit. Those are the only two references I know. Right. So un- unsurprising. But like, I mean, I do. I don't see that. If we already are experiencing a really big epidemic of of police violence, probably don't want to put people in who have been trained to kill people. I don't know. Whatever. Uh, I guess that's me being a cuck or or something. Um, uh, Unsurprisingly, the gang, the cop gang that's inside the Linwood station, again, right next to Compton. So this is like 80s, 90s, largely low income black family community was the gang inside of that station was open and proudly racist. Oh, boy. And basically on how they behaved and showed off their feelings, um, they they had, like, jokes. They had, like, racist cartoons up on the walls. It gave me – it did immediately give me the sense of military barracks, like, mocking the enemy. You know how, like, in like a lot of our historical wars, there's, like, you know – cartoon caricatures of like our enemies who are like you know racist and all that stuff they had that kind of stuff on their their walls but about black people
3: whoa Uh, okay that seems kind of dangerous and stupid but all right let's keep going well it's
2: certainly menacing and it gets their point across about what they feel and what they're going to do to people here their enemy uh their military is largely black kids hanging out in their own neighborhoods uh, the cop gang in this station was called the Linwood Vikings. And like I said, displayed racist iconography openly in their officer offices. The Vikings, as with many of these gangs, have been openly acknowledged by the LASD. But they again downplay it saying, oh, it's just a little club for friends. <laughs> There's just a the little fun clubs they have. Do they have a treehouse they go into and like say no girls allowed? I I honestly wouldn't be surprised if that happened, but also they shoot people. Right. Um, Their logo is public knowledge as well. I've attached it here, Amber. You can see that is Oh, so it's there. green.
3: There's a guy in a mustache. It says the Vikings. By the way, I hear the Vikings didn't actually wear those helmets with the spikes on it. That came from an opera in the 1800s. I forget the opera name, but Vikings actually didn't wear those helmets with the spiky things. I mean,
2: I... I would never have like if you told me that I'd be like that probably that that checks out but they're still right. fun they're except still fun. when you when you show when this kind of logo this is a thing that a lot of white nationalists white supremacists they kind of um, take Nordic imagery uh, and turn it into racist representations even though a lot of it has nothing to do with racism. It was simply a place where like white skinned people lived. And so white nationalists will take Vikings and runes and things that are related to Norse mythology and then co-opt it and turn it into racist imagery. And I do feel like that that's happening here in this logo,
3: kind of. Oh, right. Yes. I've seen that on Twitter.
2: Yeah. I mean, it sucks because so much Norse mythology stuff is so cool. But at first glance, so people connect it so much to, like, racism that it's like you can't really, like, rock it without people being like, what is her deal?
3: Oh, right. Like um, the sundial that moves around really fast. Yeah. Well, I'm well like, that's oh, that looks na- cool. That's, yeah, yeah. That's like, a Nazi mm-hmm. symbol. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. That's a little. Yeah. Mm, I don't know. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Uh, so, again... How is the public ever supposed to trust police when the sheriff and the leaders of the police straight up lie and downplay what is going on that has been openly
3: documented? God, again, it's like with that milk and that okay symbol. I'm like, just tell me what you're doing. And I'm like, I don't know. It's just a Viking helmet. Yeah. Anyway, it makes me upset. Yeah.
2: Yeah. And that's what their their whole point is to like make you mad. But on top of that, they're not only making people mad, they're killing people on top of it right. in this scenario. Um, the only people who really stand up for the thin blue line are the kind of people who seem to agree with the racist stuff they're doing and uh, believing that them needing to brutalize minorities so that is how people connect that you see this viking you see the thin blue line now you just immediately think oh these are the kind of people who like revel in abuse and like hurting people and like killing black people that's what it's connected to now
3: and they're always just like well i guess they shouldn't have been hanging out i'm like do you right. think that's going to stop at just these kids? Because wait till you get, like, someone thinks you did something and you didn't. Like, what, what's the word for it? Confused to someone else. And then you can't afford a bail bond. Just wait. Wait for that day. For
2: for sure. And also, let's just care about kids who uh, might be a little bit different than you. Exactly. Because yes. they, they don't deserve that. They don't deserve to be treated like this. No, no one deserves that. So, um... The Vikings also displayed another aspect of gang activity, intimidating other offer officers who wouldn't play ball with them. So this is the Vikings I'm bringing up in this episode because it is a sort of a microcosm of all, many of the issues that a lot of these gangs uh, within the police force have, uh, which is it's long running. The Vikings are still technically like around. They They don't. Again, won't really acknowledge it, but this started being a thing in the 80s and is still happening now and is notorious. And they, they have racist iconography. They also intimidate and threaten other officers who won't agree to let them do whatever they want. There's what? all kinds of stuff that they're charged with doing, accused of doing, evidence showing that they're doing in, in this gang. So, Can you imagine being a police
3: officer scared of other police officers?
2: That's what's happening. That's what the gangs do. Oh. Yeah. Bullies. They're bullies. Oh, yeah. They're sad little babies, for sure. So when there is a cop who, you know, you that's what you want to think, too. Oh, well, we just need better people being cops, which is, again, why this whole system is fucked. It's because the people who don't have this kind of co- gang mentality, they get bullied and harassed and even threatened, like, physically threatening harm to the other cops who are by the other cops who are the members of the gangs. So this was being reported on the news and in the papers about the vikings as far back as the 80s this is not surprise information yet it hasn't stopped anything in the decades that followed in for in the linwood vikings when captains came in and tried to change behavior they themselves were often harassed and undermined and it was like mob stuff where they would like leave fucking here you read this uh this quote here
3: Sergeant Stan White allegedly had dead dogs placed in front of his car, animal feces placed under the hood of his car, cow tongues hung in his locker, and guns pulled on him. White was eventually relocated outside of Linwood Station. One Viking bragged to a reporter for the Press-Telegram that the gang had, quote, ran him out. Oh my God! Those poor animals. Like, where did they get the dog? Oh, they killed a fucking dog, and they put it on his uh, car. Yeah, I mean,
2: probably. I. It doesn't sound like that's out of the realm of possibility that they just shot a dog and
3: monsters. Whoa. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Fucking crazy. So the the guys who would come in who wanted to like put an end to the gang. That's the gang. What's what gangs do? They fucking intimidate you and get like get you moved away or killed or like taken out and they said they ran him out of the the station because he was trying to clean it up one of the members of the vikings actually wrote a book and full disclosure i've only begun reading it so i can't fully articulate what i think about it yet but castle pulls quotes from it in her reporting including one that says he was quote hunting for humans it's a lot of fun
3: oh my god yeah This is what happens when you, like, go to a war, haven't processed it, barely graduated high school, you have a lot of anger, you don't know what's going on, and you're given power. You're given the big Mm -hmm. gun, and you say, all right, go have fun, and then you have, like, you and your little gang of guys that just have all the power you want. Hunting humans, it's a lot of fun. I mean, this is, like, evil evil shit yeah. natalie
2: yeah it is
3: it is this is like a so superhero that- villain like backstory yeah oh yeah and but that's
2: just like one of thousands of people like that who are police but this member of the vikings who i'm talking about wrote the book like he says stuff like that and it almost like he's not ashamed of it at all. Like he thinks that it's cool. That's where his mind is at this point. Like he's so warped. And um, he was a cop in the 80s and 90s. And I am going to read the entire book and tell you my thoughts on it. But when you go to the Amazon reviews of this book, it's got about four out of five stars. But when you read the reviews themselves, it's mostly the police cheerleader type of people who are just like, it's really it's such an honor to read about our boys in blue i didn't like the foul language in it but so it's like they don't care that he's shooting people but he can't if he says fuck they're just like oh oh my goodness oh my god please don't use that language when you're talking about murdering that boy oh my
3: god
1: As a professional welder, Shayna Ford uses Forge FX to practice over and over, which helps her improve her skills. The more muscle memory that you have, the smoother your weld is. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact.
0: Hi, Max. I wanted to share something with you. I wanted to tell you how grateful I am on how you've embraced your sobriety since day one. I'm grateful for how you changed your life. I'm grateful for the love you have for me. I'm grateful for you. Love, Mom.
2: If your loved one is still struggling with addiction, you might not feel like you'll ever get to grateful, but we can show you how. At Karen, we've helped families overcome addiction for 70 years. So if your loved one is ready for something different, visit caron.org slash lost.
4: This is a message for anyone with high LDLC or bad cholesterol who has had or is at risk of having a cardiovascular adverse event. Merck is studying an investigational medication to see whether it may help lower the risk of future cardiovascular adverse events. Cardiovascular disease is the leading cause of death worldwide, and in the United States alone, there are over 73 million people living with high LDL-C. To learn about whether you may qualify, visit coralreefstudies.com now. Again, that is C-O-R-A-L-R-E-E-F-S-T-U-D-I-E-S dot com.
2: So with this guy's book, there really isn't any retrospective reviews based on the problems with his attitude towards policing until 2021 when Cerise Castle's report was released. And then there was a few people who were there reviewing saying he's essentially bragging about gang activities in his book. Um, so much of this is about perspective because y- you would look at the reviews of this guy's book and think, oh, he must be like a really noble guy. They seem to think like he's really incredible what he's done. And then you take somebody else who is kind of seeing it through this other lens of like he's just excited about like killing people. Like in this book is him being thrilled about hurting. Um, so – I, and again, I'll read the whole book and I will we'll talk about it. Maybe if not on the episode, maybe we'll do a stream on it. Um,
3: that's an idea. Should we get someone that works in the force for the stream or is that too crazy? It's hard. I know that Henry has just recently um,
2: interviewed a couple who is trying to get white nationalists out of the police force going undercover. Uh, I think that that's interesting. Again, as somebody who... I fully at this point believe that the whole system needs dismantled. I don't know if police would really want to talk to me, but right.
3: um, I mean, they would for sure get fired. you know, They wouldn't want to come well, on. Yeah, it's
2: hard to say, but I mean, if there is somebody who works within law enforcement who is uh, you know what, is interested in talking about things, I would definitely be at least game to consider it um, if you want to email us someplace mm-hmm. Um So tell us how our
3: taxes fund murderers, Natalie.
2: <laughs> we are paying a lot of times when the cops are sued in civil suits and stuff uh, they don't get really any sort of punishment except they get fired and then we pay uh, with our tax dollars the the payouts so but PBS have, Natalie they,
3: PBS is yeah. a public tax funded show
2: I know we gotta defund that fucking PBS is what I'm getting to at the end of this <laughs> so there's just so many elements that I want to talk about regarding this topic there are so many many issues one of the main ones is that when there is any kind of repercussions like we just said for cops is that it's often at the expense of us where there there might be disciplinary action for some a lot of times they lose their job like what happened with the one the guy we talked about last week who did the baptisms and the groping and all that shit all those charges were dropped um there yeah so we talked about last week that yeah they're taking it to federal court still but like All of the stuff that happened to him and all that happened to that guy is he got fired and he basically just got away with like assaulting and molesting people and doing all kinds of weird shit. But like there's people are still fighting it, but the charges initially got dropped. So in that case, oh, he had to find a new job. Oh, oh, no. Well, it's so hard for him. So, um... And then when there is any sort of like civil suit, many times the victims have to sue the actual department or the government, not the police who did the bad thing, not the specific human being. A lot of times they have to go after like the department because it's so
3: hard to sue a cop. Um, wow. It's so ha- hard to sue have- a cop, but easy to fire a teacher. I know those are different topics, but, you know, yeah. it's kind of all in you no, basket. You're, no, guess. you're
2: right. You're right. And. While I do understand the need to protect people legally who have to deal with crime and shit, um, I think the leeways we give to cops are not balanced. Uh, I think that they are allowed to get away with a lot of things instead of being a lot of times when cops commit crimes or do something bad, they should be punished more than a civilian. And a lot of times it's way, way, way less
4: yes. than a civilian.
2: Um I've been, I've been watching so much body cam footage because I'm I, I'm going through all of the different corrupt cop cases and, and things that have been on the books already and, and gone through court. And the times you do find cops like drunk driving, uh, like with drugs and all this or like being violent, you see them being handled with kid gloves. Even if they get charges, these body cam footage v- videos are infuriating because they are like treated like little babies and they get taken around. Whereas if somebody else was acting the exact same way, they would have been like treated like shit and like thrown to the ground and like mocked and talked to like they were garbage. And it's just like that should be the opposite. If yeah. a cop's caught doing this, that should be a huge shame to everybody. But no, it's your boys, your brothers, and your little right. gang. Right? Rules for the, not for me. Yes. So they, you know. When a case actually goes through and and the victims win, they get a settlement and nothing changes in the force. And again, we also pay for it, at least partially. So that happened with the Vikings several times, along with these other gangs. Many times it was brought to court. Many times charges were brought up. How many times have you seen a cop on, quote, paid leave while shit's quote, being investigated? So many times there's like pretty... Decent evidence that a cop is on something really bad and they're just sitting at home collecting money. Um, often the worst that a cop will see is being fired when a civilian would have spent time in jail. A lot of that is due to gang mentality mentality and actual gangs within the force. Cerise Castle has compiled so much dirty policing that occurred within the Vikings. It's hard to put into words how bad it is. I would highly recommend you read. Um, it's a 15 part series it's a lot but if you want to read about the vikings specifically you can read in part three and Uh, i even saying the term dirty policing is gross because it's a gross misrepresentation a lot of times it was legal murder or like you know legally putting an innocent person in jail technically or whatever you know
3: yeah if another cop says like hey i don't like what you're doing You know, you're doing this, but if a civilian did this, they would go to jail. If they said that, they would have a dead dog on their car. Yeah, yeah. There was literal
2: terrorist and within this community and around these cop gangs, especially in southern Los Angeles, there were literal terrorist attacks on black and Latino neighborhoods in the late 80s, early 90s. I'm not saying that in a bleeding heart liberal manner. Where there were, you know, they were combating gangs with gun-wielding lunatics on the streets. The cops were literally ripping families' homes apart. Like, they were like they were less than humans. Like, they had no rights. They would be families minding their own business, going about their day. And seven or eight cops, there was, like, neighborhoods they would ransack. They would break the doors down looking for drugs and guns and shit. And, like... Where you're sitting right now, Amber, just eight cops broke your door down screaming and waving guns at you and proceeded to rip through all of your belongings in your room. And you're just like, what the fuck,
3: dude? I'd be mad. Yeah. Yeah, I'd be mad. And imagine seeing that as a kid and being raised in that. No, I wouldn't have respect for them at all. No, and also it's deep generational trauma.
2: Like, You're not going to grow being okay if that shit happens to you. No. This is just one of and that's another one of the many crimes corrupt cops perpetrate on random civilians who they deem as disposable, in my opinion. They see people who are poor, who are maybe black or Latino, and they they treat them as though they are disposable. Irony of all of that is that people who use that sort of rhetoric to cause harm, those sort of people who have that sort of mentality about people, are they themselves pretty disposable most of the time? Just a generic man. (laughs) Um, And there were some women too, but mostly it was guys. These Viking cops have been accused of planting drugs. Sometimes Mm. other cops have had to bust them on doing it. Um, This is a bizarre and insidious phenomenon that cops have been caught doing many times. Like I said, I've been following corrupt cop cases for the last few weeks. And like one of them, like ones that have already been proven in a court of law. And cops will do some crazy ass shit. One cop who I was following who got caught on body camera footage planting drugs on poor people, (gasps) it was eventually deduced that he was doing it because he had hoped to be promoted to a higher level in the drug department enforcement section of the department.
3: And did he have to make a quota or something? Don't they have to make quotas? Like you have to arrest a certain amount of people? Well, I think it was... He's so good
2: at finding drugs on people. Let's promote him. It was very, very clear because I saw the footage of the body cam footage of of him planting the drugs. It was clear that he, the people he was framing, he considered not even human. Like, they were poor people. They were people he thought nobody would fucking care about that couldn't sue him. And he was planting, like, meth and stuff on these people who did not
3: have drugs on them so that he could get a raise. Like... (gasps) Their life is ruined. I yeah, mean, like they they go to jail. It's, you can't get a job after that. Like, wow, some guy Amber, come walking up to you, puts you in
2: handcuffs, plants meth on you, so he can get a a, a pay raise, and you go to jail, and you're just like, Fuck. I don't have, I don't, I don't do, I don't have it. And he's like, Yes, I see it. Where does this <sighs> come from?
3: Um, wow.
2: Yeah. So when that sort of behavior becomes a team effort. If you don't like being called a gang, how about a terrorist organization? Because that's what
3: it sounds like to me. Here's the definition of a terrorist a person who uses unlawful violence and intimidation, especially against civilians in the pursuit of political aims. Well, if the boot fits, Amber. Wow, fuck me, Natalie. I mean, don't, don't fuck me. Sorry. We can't cross
2: that line. No. It's lovers.
3: No um
2: to be honest, reading through these reports and following the cases that have already gone through court, this subject is more overwhelming than before I started it. Just trying to sort through all of the things that are happening um, and have been happening for decades it's I've barely even touched the surface of this report alone uh, this report, not let alone the the bigger, Issues, but this one specifically dealing with the LASD gangs. Um, she, again, Cerise Castle did an incredible job putting this together. Um, but I, I, I'm so overwhelmed by it. So I am
3: too. My mind is blown.
2: I, I didn't think things were going well in Cop House in Copland, but the sheer number of criminals prancing around in uniform is wiping my brain out. Like it—it it, it is documented crimes. It's not conjecture. It's not rumor. It's there. We have the evidence, but nothing's being done about it. Next week, um, we'll talk a little more about this, but it's because it will also be leading us into our next topic, which involves human trafficking and missing women at the southern border.
3: Oh boy, have you seen those fucking barrels with the things that spin, the knives that spin? Oh, like like saw? Yeah. yeah, like
2: like a fucking horror movie villain. Yeah, I saw it. The people who are are like rah rahing that out are also the ones who call themselves pro life, and you're just like, you know, there's going to be children who are going oh, to they're be pushing sliced the kids. open.
3: They're sliced up and they're pushing the kids back in the water, Natalie. They're just like, they've been informed to like push them back in so that they get drowned. You can fucking eat my ass.
2: Pro-life. Good Lord. Well, we're going to be talking about the southern border because if you weren't ready to stop discussing corrupt cops, you're in luck, I guess. (laughs) Um, Yeah, because, you know, just the gang activity we're privy to time and time again. We're not... Only our, where, where not only police procedures are outdated, but at at best, but the police themselves are inept and violent. And just in the last week, just the the news stories that we're seeing thanks to social media. I don't know if you caught the guy at Applebee's who was tackled by the police, while this man who was not the the person they were chasing was holding his infant. What? And he just suddenly was like swarmed by cops who thought he was somebody who stole a car. The person who stole the car was in the bathroom, but they saw one black guy and was just like, "That's got to be him." And he was holding a baby, like a newborn, in his arms. How's the baby? Is the
3: baby okay?
2: I think they're okay, um, but the it's the video of it's traumatic. Awful. And then there was the little kid who was just um, on social media was just he was walking out to take his trash out, and there was this squad of cop cars looking for somebody else, and they grabbed this. 12 year old like handcuff him the deep trauma that will cause him for probably the rest of his life that you're a little 12 year old minding your business and a squad of grown up police officers come rushing at you and throw handcuffs on you while you're taking
3: out the trash that's so I'd be scared to leave my house this happened to Eddie too. our good friend Ed Larson he was like walking his dog around the neighborhood and then got like arrested handcuffed because they thought it was... He thought there's somebody else.
2: He There was a guy holding people's hostage who did look a lot like Eddie. But yeah. in that case, guess what they didn't do? They didn't, they didn't tackle him. They didn't tackle they him. They didn't scream at him. He was a grown man. There was no children involved in the situation. Yeah. They talked to him calmly. And while they were trying to figure out what was happening, they threw cuffs on him. And it was not handled... Imagine if those cops had like jumped on his head, you know, it's like you're right.
3: Those are two different scenarios. Damn. But yeah, um,
2: so we're going to pick back up a little bit on cop gangs, but I really would like to transition it into our next subject, which is what I mentioned. Uh, If at any point as a nation, we're using buzzsaw blades. Something's gone awry is all I'm saying yeah this is some
3: like clown house like trap it like, is. What is the jail gonna be have like, like I don't know like a riddle do I have to solve a riddle to if get not, out of jail
2: yeah if not spikes will come flying down on your head yeah, yeah
3: what the fuck are we doing I mean I get we I think want we're safe circus just... but
2: whatever I, I, I the only upside of that is that none of those guards are gonna be able to come up with a riddle for you to solve <laughs> it's very hard to do <laughs>
3: um all right let's go i need i need a break you need a break natalie you need to sleep you've been doing the lord's work over here i don't know if it's
2: the lord's work it's probably more the devil's work but um right. yeah we'll be back next week and um you can follow us at someplace underneath that on instagram and tiktok i am I swear I'm going to get back on top of it again. And uh, you can email us, too, at someplace underneath at Gmail if you want to send requests, if you want to, um, you know, send stories or have questions. And uh, we try our best to get back as quickly as possible. And you can follow me at the Natty Jean. Amber Smelson. And um, let's all get off of X. Can we just get off of fucking X?
3: Yeah, it's gotten really stupid. I I tried because I was like, oh, I should stay on it because the next political election I need to know. But now I'm like, everything is some AI false information, false flag. I don't know. It's just a bunch of dudes. And honestly, I will say the brighter side. That's another show I host. But the brighter side of this is I've seen a lot of Republican women. I'm si- talking like at least th- two or three a day, tweet that they are leaving the party or if not questioning the party simply because of how awful right-wing men on X have been.
2: It's just, I'm glad, but um, who did you think you were talking to before?
3: <laughs> I know, I guess they thought what? like, oh, he'll protect me, but then they just get bullshit. to see their unfettered, yeah, bullshit, bullshit. Also, don't, don't be selfish. If they're, ta-
2: if they're treating other people bad, don't just... Ugh, fucking, I need to go yeah. I'm going to go take a walk I'm going to touch grass Okay Go touch grass baby Bye We're Saucy part, and Greasy
3: This show is made possible By listeners like
1: you Thanks to our ad sponsors You can support our shows By supporting them For more shows like
3: the one You just listened to
0: See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America.
1: Hey, Mom. First things first, thank you. It's my one-year anniversary of my decision to say, yes, I need help, and yes, I choose me. And that's the miracle. I'm lucky that the strongest person I know is my own mother. Love you, Mom. Maxwell.
2: Be that strong person
1: who makes the difference. If your loved one is struggling with drugs and alcohol, reach out to Karen for a different kind of addiction treatment. Visit caron.org
0: slash lost.